Jesus spoke to them again in parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent the servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My ox and fattened cattle have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, ill-treated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army to destroy those murderers and burn their cities. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but but those I invited do not deserve to come. Go to the street corners. Invite to the banquet everyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Thank you very much. And I do apologise for not being Andrew, because if I were Andrew, I'd have taken that out and you wouldn't have had to stood on your tiptoes to actually read that reading. But thank you very much for, for bringing that reading to us about the wedding banquet. Now... I'm trying to think what we can learn from that passage. The wedding banquet in that passage is meant to be describing the wonderful party that it is to follow God. Okay, so what it's saying in that passage is, is that Jesus invites people to be his followers, invites people to take in what is really a fantastic party. It's like a wedding banquet. But actually, not everybody says yes. Have you heard with um, an invitation you have... An RSVP, you know that that, uh, beautiful invitation I have. You have an RSVP. Does anybody know what RSVP stands for? Excellent, John. Responde civi play. Does anybody know what that means in English as well? Hmm? Reply, please. That's right. Reply, please. Tell me if you're coming. Okay? And in that reading, people just didn't bother to turn up, which is really sad, isn't it? And the person who was hosting the king, he had had this wedding banquet for his son. People just didn't turn up, did they? And he was not pleased at all. Now, I don't know how many of you will have an invitation from Prince Charles, do you think? I know he's not a king, but maybe one day. But, I mean, I'm waiting for mine in the post. It's not till next spring. But I guess most of us here won't actually be invited to um, William and Kate's nuptials, do you think? I don't think so, really, will we, to their wedding. But the good news is we're not going to perhaps be invited there. But the good news is that we are actually invited to the wedding banquet, the, the celebration, to the party that our heavenly Father God, our King, actually invites us to. And we need to decide, don't we, whether we actually want to join that party, whether we want to follow him and have a wonderful life following him. Thank you, Andre. All right. So then, we also pray for Claire as well. Missed out Claire, didn't we? <laughs> for the whole of the Welsh family. That's good, going to Australia. Right then, so... 
Continuing with Come Dine With Me. I know we've had kind of a bit of an interval, okay? You've had a bit of preparation, you've had the invitation. But now you get what they get at the beginning of the programme-ish, the menu, okay? Now, I've been on the internet. Apparently, all of the Come Dine With Me recipes are on the, on the, um, on the internet. And um, some of them, they say this kind of bit at the end... Um, this has come from the guest, and we do not know whether it works. They phrase it a little bit better, but basically, you could try the recipe, but don't blame us if it's disgusting. But actually, when you watch, when you watch Come Dine With Me, you get this man called, is it David Lamb, isn't it? Somebody's, yeah. There's this guy who's really, he makes the programme, actually, because he's commentating at the back, and he says, you really should put, put sugar in there, my dear, but she doesn't hear that bit, so they have the pudding without sugar and things like that. But anyway, but the menus are sometimes quite disgusting, Okay, and what I've got here is I've actually got a come dine with me menu and then I've got an alternative that might be more appealing to other people. So I would like votes. I would like votes as to which menu you would prefer. So the first one is a starter from come dine with me. Savoury crab stuffed mushrooms. Anybody go for that? I think it's one of those things you probably try if you were quite adventurous, but who would prefer a starter of garlic bread? So just be glad you weren't in Southampton on that day. The main course, this is a come dine with me recipe. Pheasant leg. What, what, bit, of chi- what bit of meat's on a pheasant leg? Anyway, pheasant leg, scrawny though it is, and saddle of rabbit. I don't know what a, a rabbit saddle is, with mustard sauce. Let me run past that again, get your taste buds going. You can vote. I know you were adventurous with the crab mark, but let's see if you go for this one. Pheasant leg and saddle a rabbit with mustard sauce. Anybody for that? Very good. Right. It's on the internet. So if you find any legless pheasants around locking stumps, you'll know that people have tried it out. Or, if you prefer, a choice of meat carvery with... This isn't come down with me recipe, by the way. It's just my fantasy. Choice of meat carvery with a selection of roast potatoes and other vegetables. Who's going for that? There we go. I think most of us would prefer that, apart from the very adventurous. Finally, the dessert. I quite like both of these. I'm obviously a pudding person. Strawberries marinated in balsamic vinegar and mascarpone cheese. Mm. The vinegar's a little bit iffy, but I think it's quite sweet. But anybody want to dare? Because you don't know until you get there, do you, what it's going to taste like. Strawberries marinated in balsamic vinegar and mascarpone cheese. Those for that? Yeah, Yeah, I'll go with that. Or chocolate pudding and ice cream. No, the strawberry people have already said yes. I'm sorry, you can't have chocolate pudding and ice cream. Anyway, what I'm saying is that that on Come Dine With Me, a feature of it is to actually have the menu first. And they look and they go, and he's very naughty, the man who commentates, who speaks behind them, because often they say it completely wrong and they don't know what they're getting, really, until they get there. But in the Bible, again, it does relate to the Bible. In the Bible... There are lots of readings and things about food. But if you read them, if you do a survey of Bible readings about food, there's grapes, there's honey, there's all sorts of different things, most of it actually is about bread. Because bread is something that's really satisfying. And if you don't like pheasant scrawny leg, you will eat the bread, won't you, on the plate on the side. And Jesus said something about bread that I want Emma to read to us now. If you'd like to bring to us that reading about bread and also about water, I believe. Thank you very much, Emma. The first of your two readings. Um, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. 
If you come to Jesus' banquet, you will not be hungry. You will be satisfied. Thank you, Emma. That's a, a, a brilliant assurance from God. Because sometimes you see them later on when they've been on Come Dine with me and they've picked at their food and it's not good. It's not a happy experience and they go home and get a takeaway. You do not need a takeaway if you join and you take that invitation and say yes to Jesus. Now, one thing that they do, and I don't know if anybody's done their hostess badge at Guides a long time ago. Oh, Janet, come here, Janet. Come here. <laughs> Janet, what you need to do, you might be able to help one of your people could help you how to lay. It's, it's a very lonely dinner party. <laughs> I didn't bring the dining table with me. I could have used that one, but perhaps many people might not have been pleased. What I want you to do is I want you to get one of your girls to help you lay the table correctly. Okay. So we have a, what do we have? Because they spend ages, to be honest, some of the hosts, people who invite people for dinner, spend longer on the table than they do on the food, and you can tell. There we go, let's see, because they, they, they think you have to lay a table in a particular way, and um, I don't know, there's, there's a dispute in our house about knives, forks, which way round. I know I'm right, but... Um, <laughs> but... but there you go. I come from down south. I know where the knives and forks go. But anyway, we'll see if Janet correct me and I'm actually am wrong. You know, don't... Andrew, this is the way to do it. That's brilliant. Fork knife. Fork knife. Andrew's trained our family to do it the wrong way around. If you're left-handed. But he's not, he's not left-handed. He's right-handed and he still does it. Fantastic. That's lovely. Thank you very much. Oh, and I forgot the flower. I forgot the flower. This, sadly, have you seen Mr. Bean going out for dinner? <laughs> it's Mr. Bean table, because he had a birthday party with himself and sent him a card, himself a card. Yes. So laying the table, actually, is an important part of the come dine with me thing. Rather too important for some people that they forget the food and concentrate on making their house look very tidy and beautiful. But, again, in the Bible, there is a reading about laying tables. And Emma, I think we have that reading. Are you doing that one as well? Yes, brilliant, good. You might recognise it. You might not have noticed it was linked with Come Dine With Me when you heard it before, but it's Psalm 23. A table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you remember that bit from Psalm 23 about the table that God has prepared for us? And you know, we, we don't have to sit there with a lap tray with God, okay? He's got this fantastic table. Do you remember, see, did you see that film, Hook, when there was that, that massive and fantastic meal? Do you remember that? Oh, sorry, I just thought of that. I don't know, I, just films in my head. But, but yeah, just the, the idea of the fantastic table that, that God prepares for us. And it's kind of a way of him explaining that when you join the party that he wants you to invite, that he invites you to, everything will be there. It'll be fantastic. It'll be food that will satisfy. The table will look brilliant and you'll have a tremendous time, okay? It's not just some of these naff days with Come Dine With Me. It's a brilliant and a wonderful occasion. Now, one to me of the most interesting things about the programme is the poking about the house. <laughs> Have you seen that bit? I don't know about you, but we had junior church at our house um, on bonfire night weekend, and the upstairs was a complete tip. Downstairs was quite tidy until the mud came in, because I knew it was going to come in, because it's bonfire night and people came in and out. But upstairs was a tip. And if anybody said, would you like to use the bathroom? I said, that one there. Do not go upstairs. You will not get up the stairs. Because you don't like people poking around your house really when it's a tip, do you? So when it's on the telly, 
And what they do, and I think it's quite cruel, is not only do they go upstairs and have a look around the house, which is very rude, I can remember doing it once, actually, myself. Have you ever poked around, you know, looked around somebody's house? I can remember doing it when I was about 12. Well, I say house, it was bathroom. I had a very rich uncle, just the one, quite a distant uncle. But um, I, I went to his house once, and he got like this, in, in Brighton, he got like this Spanish villary house, and it was done out, he was an estate agent, say no more. Had this, um, this tremendous house, and then he had like golden dolphins on his bathroom. And I went into his bathroom, and I looked, and I was transfixed by these golden dolphins. And I looked, and I looked, and I spent about 20 minutes in his loo. When I came out, they said to me, Sam, are you ill? I said, no, no, I was just looking at your dolphins. But anyway, so, <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever done that in somebody's house. You're just so fascinated. But if you don't, if you do and you haven't done it, then if you go and come down with me, you can look in their house. And they go into the knicker drawer, of all things, and they pick up things like this. <laughs> And, and, I mean, how embarrassing is that? I reckon if people go on, come dine with me, I reckon that people actually put things in their knicker drawer just for it to be on the tally. But there we go. So they do that. Poking around the house is an integral part of come dine with me. <laughs> All I can say is they've never been worn. <laughs> And all I can say is, it's a joy to have children. But anyway, <laughs> and Christmas stockings. Anyway, so moving on. So poking around the house. In the Bible, you would not believe this, but in the Bible there is a bit about going and seeing people's rooms. And I would like, who have we got to read this reading? I've written it down. I would like to invite, oh, yes, um, who's doing the reading from the next one? Let's have a look. I will announce your name. About poking around the rooms. It's Hamlet. If you'd like to come and bring the next reading, thanks, Santa. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Thank you very much. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And that is kind of different from, in some ways, from the other readings, because it's talking about not now, it's talking about then. And it's really, really comforting. That it, it talks at the, the beginning of the reading that we didn't hear, it talks about how, you know, don't worry, because there is space for you in heaven. I've got this massive mansion, okay? His father wasn't just an estate agent, he owned the whole estate, okay? Right, he had this massive mansion, and, and there's places for you, I've prepared a room for you, you can come. And when you die, that reading says, when you die, there is a place in heaven for you if you follow the way that I lead you. So basically that's saying, Jesus is saying, don't worry, you will always be able to be with us, and you'll always be able to be with Father God if you follow the way that I'm leading you. So it's really kind of reassuring to know that upstairs has been tidied up. Upstairs is ready, okay? <laughs> so we have a space in Jesus' Father's house, which is a wonderful thought. Finally, finally, there is a finally, don't worry, I won't be here all day. The taxi ride home. Have you seen it? Yeah. The taxi ride home. And there's kind of, sometimes they're looking a little bleary-eyed, or perhaps very full, and they sit in a taxi, they must be given a taxi, so they don't drive home if they've been having wine, and they decide to judge what the meal and the whole experience was like. And they, they get given cards. I've only bought two because I'm a skinflint. They judge between one and ten. 
Do you see what I did there? <laughs> they judge between one and ten. And, and I mean, some people have a bit of a game, you know, they, they try and give everybody one so they can win. Because basically, all of the people, all five people who meet, judge each other. And then the scores are added up at the end, and whoever's got the best score wins. So if you give everybody one, then you're going to win. But I saw somebody do that once, and it's just not nice, is it really? And they disqualified her. But anyway, so don't try that if you get on the programme. But basically, at the end of the day, they're on the taxi, in the taxi even, and uh, they decide what mark to give for all sorts of reasons. The food, the entertainment, the hosting skills. And um, sometimes it can be quite amusing, but sometimes they're a bit naughty, really, to each other. But... In the Bible, Jesus did do a taxi ride home like this. Those of you who don't obviously think that Jesus had a taxi, he didn't actually wait till the taxi home. He actually was in somebody's house when he did the one to ten thing because he went for a meal at a Pharisee's house and the Pharisee really, well, his hosting skills were about like this. One, or even actually naught. He was actually pretty bad to Jesus, and and you'll hear, because I'm going to get um, the reading to be read, Jessica's going to read us, the reading, that the Pharisees' um, skills were really about that, and then there was a woman who wasn't actually even invited, and her hosting skills were that, because she actually really cared about Jesus. So I'd like to um, have our final reading this morning, which is about the taxi ride home, and about how we can treat Jesus when we invite him. Thank you very much, Jess, and happy birthday, by the way. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he has who has been forgiven, little loves little. I think I better just explain that, the water and the oil and stuff like that. That's what they used to do then. If you invite somebody for a dinner, don't pour oil on them. You can kiss them, perhaps, and give them a hug, but, but don't pour oil on them unless, you know, there's a reason for it. But in those days, that's what they did. That was how they saw the hosting skills to be brilliant and, and to be really good. And just to say that in that passage, you can see how the woman was welcoming Jesus, even though it wasn't her home, but the man, the Pharisee, didn't. So then, a message from this morning. Jesus says, come dine with me. You are all welcome, he said, to join the party. And he says, you're invited, but will you RSVP? Will you say yes? It's no good being invited to a party. I mean, it's wonderful you'll be invited this morning and you're here. That's tremendous. But also there's something stage deeper. There's a stage closer to God to say, yes, I'm here. And yes, I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be one of your very special friends. But also, Jesus says another kind of inviting. He says, I invite you, but you also need to invite me in there. I will, if you invite me, come and live in you through my Holy Spirit. My love will be in you. I can actually, if you invite me, I will come and live inside you and help you and give you strength. Give you strength to all the do, all the difficult things. Maybe give you strength to, to host other people for meals. But, but all of the different things that you need in life. If you invite me in, I will come. My Holy Spirit will live in you. So the invitation is for you to say, Jesus, also come into my life. 
So will you accept the invitation and will you invite Jesus into your life? That is the question that perhaps is being asked this morning. Are we to make him welcome? The first of our last two worship songs is an old psalm, isn't it, in fact? In fact, it's the psalm that we we heard read in briefly uh, earlier. And it talks about how that table is spread and laden with good things. It's the Lord's my shepherd.